Hey friends, welcome to Thrive. Good to be together again tonight. Would you turn to Romans 8, verse 18 for our scripture reading. By the way, if you need a Bible, we'd be glad to share with you one of these. We have extras around Wesley. Tell one of your Thrive group leaders and uh, we'll fix you up with a copy of, of this Bible. Also, I just wanted to, to say that five brand new chords are beginning to meet in person this week. If you'd like to be a part of a group that is community and accountability and encouragement, then maybe a chord is for you. And you can sign up at statewesley.org slash chord. Romans 8, starting with verse 18. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Down to verse 22. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. Then to verse 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. It's God's word for us tonight. So let's talk about groaning, and then let's get on with the hoping. Now, Mississippi State football fans know a thing or two about groaning. Coming out of week one, things were looking good. Ranked number 16, quarterback on the Heisman watch list. We just beat the defending national champion in Death Valley, off to an amazing start. And then the football prophet Brittany Gibson actually said these words to me a few days before our second game. She said, wouldn't it be the most Mississippi State thing ever to beat LSU and then to lose to Arkansas? Well, maybe things took a turn for the better at Kentucky. Um, it's Thursday as I'm recording this before that game on Saturday, so all I can do is hope for the best. Or maybe we're even deeper into our groaning at, at this point. Whichever way, all too often our reality as Mississippi State football fans too often is disappointment. Our longing is that we just want to be better and our hope is maybe next year. Romans 8 has hope for our groaning. Romans 8 infuses hope into our human experience of groaning. These short verses um, mention the word groaning three times. In the language of inductive Bible study, that's called recurrence. It means that when you're reading the Bible and you see a word repeated or a concept multiple times in a passage, it's probably important. So you tune in and you key on that to understand um, what the passage means in light of that recurrence. What's being uh, recurred here is groaning. We see it three times. In 8.22, creation groans. In 8.23, believers groan. And in 8.26, the Spirit 
groans. So let's take a look and understand what's going on with all this groaning. 8.22, it says creation groans. Everything is broken. Nothing is all right. Things are not as God intended them to be. And the language here is loaded with the imagery of pregnancy and, and childbirth. It's, it's, it's a forward-looking groaning with pain now, but joy is coming. But in the meantime, creation groans for freedom from death and decay, as it says in 21. So creation groans. And then on to verse 23, where it says that, that we believers groan. Hey, believer, you are not immune from the struggle. Being a believer doesn't make you immune from the problems of this world, but the problems are not the end of your story, for sure. You see, we live with two simultaneous realities going on. One is the presence of the Holy Spirit as a foretaste of future glory. And the other is our longing to get past our sin and our suffering. We live with these two simultaneous realities. Creation groans, believers groan, and then it says the Spirit groans for us in verse 26. Now the word groan here means to feel great pressure that's brought about by difficult circumstances. Okay, guess whose difficult circumstances? Guess what pressure it is that the Spirit feels that causes him to groan. It's yours. The Spirit feels the pressure you're under and groans prayers to God on your behalf. This is amazing and so encouraging that the Spirit of God feels the pressure that we're under and then groans prayers to God that are in sync with the heart of God for us. And as a result of the Spirit's groaning prayers, it says in 828 that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love Him. Creation groans, believers groan, and the Holy Spirit groans. You put it all together and we come to understand that groaning means reality and longing and hope. It means the reality that things aren't good, that things are messed up, that we are all groaning. And it, and it means that there's this longing built into us that things should be better than they are. And there's this hope that we have that things already are better because we have the Holy Spirit with us and that things will get even better in our future with the Lord. Lisa Turkhurst offers this observation. The reason why our instincts keep firing off the longing for something better is that we have perfection etched into the DNA of our souls. The reason why our instincts keep firing off the longing for something better is that we have perfection etched into the DNA of our souls. You see, God created us good, perfect, all right, in sync with his intentions back in the beginning. And now we still long for what we had back in the beginning. Friends, let this settle in with you. What are you groaning about? Um, what reality, what difficult reality 
leaves you with even an empty longing for things to be different, better, because you know in your gut that things should be different and better. That thing, that place is a crucial place for you to trust the Holy Spirit even now. Tonight, and then for two more weeks, Katie and I are gonna, gonna lead us in some Holy Spirited groaning in which we apply biblical groaning to some situations in our current cultural moment. Uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna face our reality and we're gonna embrace the longing and we're gonna express our um, eager hope for all things to be made new and, and all the while we're gonna be trusting the Holy Spirit to groan prayer for us. So let's practice, let's apply this to something that's relevant. I already groaned about the Bulldogs. So uh, let's see how to apply groaning to the cheerful subject of presidential politics and the upcoming election that's just three weeks away now. Um, here's the question, how can Holy Spirited hope touch our reality and our longing in such a contentious time? Let's consider first our reality. Our reality when it comes to politics and the election. The debate two weeks ago is our reality. Strife, division, conflict, tension so thick that Trump and Biden can't even carry on a productive debate. I mean, it feels like we're electing a commander of cancel culture instead of a president of the people. And it leaves us feeling like we don't know who or what to believe. This is our reality, that half the country is going to be fighting mad whoever wins the election. And while we're so busy disagreeing about things and being disagreeable, our problems are going from bad to worse. This is our reality. So what's our longing? Our longing is that, that we know that it can be so much better. We believe that it can be so much better. Try on these words for what we're longing for in politics and from government. Peace, justice, fairness. Now, I don't think these words are off target at all, but they feel a million miles away from where we are. We know things should be better. We know it could be better. And this is our longing. So what's our hope? Here's our hope. That, that Kanye will emerge from the pack and will be elected president of the United States of America. That would be an interesting four years, but I'm not sure that's a great solution either. You know, we just can't vote our way out of our groaning. Here's our hope. Here's our hope that, that King Jesus will emerge from the pack and that the kingdom of God will come to the, to the USA as it is in heaven. Here's our hope. To borrow the words of Revelation 11:15, also the words of the Hallelujah Chorus, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. These bold words of forward-looking hope, even from the midst of harsh realities and empty longings. 
Our hope is in our King and our hope is in his kingdom. So let's apply Holy Spirited hope to our reality and our longing about politics and the upcoming election. Here are a few quick takeaways that we can practice. One, find common ground even in the midst of differences. The best way to address differences is from a together posture. Speak to differences winsomely with biblical truth. We, we have so much to say to our cultural moment. Find common ground in the midst of differences so that we can say what we have to say to the world around us. Two, build friendships with people with views different from yours. You know, you can't hold on to a prejudice or a stereotype against somebody that you really know. Build relationships with people with different views from your own. After the death of Supreme Court Justice Ginsburg, we began to learn more about the unique friendship uh, between her and the late Supreme Court Justice Scalia. Polar opposites on the Supreme Court, yet they were dear friends. You see, God's good news, the Holy Spirit's hope loves to flow through friendship. So build relationships with people, even who have views different from your own, and let the hope flow. Third, remember where your citizenship is. Remember that the Bible actually calls us resident aliens living here. See Philippians 3.20 and 1 Peter 2.11. Remember where your citizenship is. And four, trust our ultimate authority as we elect our temporal authorities. 1 Peter 2.17 puts it in perspective. Fear God and honor the king. Honor the king, elect your president, but do it in the perspective of fearing and trusting our ultimate authority. And finally, fifth, be the reconciling ambassador that Jesus reconciled you to be. Here's a throwback to two weeks ago uh, in 2 Corinthians 5. Be the reconciling ambassador that Jesus reconciled you to be. And now the last word. Friends, we never groan alone. We never groan alone. And this is true in two ways. One way is that we have the community of other groaning believers with us. Be sure you have somebody to groan with. Be sure that you have a community, somebody who hears your groans, somebody whose groans you hear. We have the community of other groaning believers. And then second, intentionally and actively ask the Holy Spirit to pray his famous groaning prayers for you, prayers that are synced up with the will and the heart of God. Friend, there is hoping in our groaning, thanks to the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, you know me better than I know myself, and you know the heart of God. So would you pray one of your groaning prayers for us now.
about the pressure that we feel about this upcoming election. And Holy Spirit, would you pray one of your groaning prayers about the pressure that we feel, the individual pressure that we're under because of the circumstances of life. Thank you, Spirit. We pray this, trusting you in the name of Jesus.